Oi, you lot. You're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 190. On tonight's episode, the Manlings are talking with special guest executive producer Misty Tempel, all about Adepticon and the fun they had and the things they did and the prizes they won and the and the adventures they had. It was it was it was just incredible. So just hey, listen, shut it. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you Adepticon, Fish Shells, and Sisters of Battle. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm not well. Oh, we know that. Oh, yeah, no. This time I'm actually physically unwell. Just not mentally unstable. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, folks. There it is. That is not concrete either. I I tell you, I came back healthy as a horse, uh, but my daughter was sick. Kira, my youngest, was not feeling well. And so Sunday I got home and she was like, Dad, and she came up and gave me a hug, but then she was going to bed. Soon thereafter, she didn't feel too great. Um, that Monday, you know, we started spring break that week after, the uh, whole week after Adepticon. So I was mm-hmm. downstairs cleaning and doing stuff, and she was downstairs helping and complaining she didn't feel well. So I'm like, if you're not feeling well, you need to just lay down and go to sleep and not play on your phone or on your on your tablet or whatever. You need to just... Well, she sat there laying with me for an hour or two, you know, cuddling with Daddy just to make her feel better, coughing all over me. And then she honestly, I thought she might have been faking a little bit, but she went upstairs at like three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon and said, I said, go lay down if you're not feeling well. And then she was out till like four o'clock the next morning. Uh, and if you know my daughter, she doesn't sleep like that. So it was, it was kind of bananas. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, she got me sick. I have this stupid chest cold now and I can't breathe. So I apologize if I sound gross or if... If uh, you hear coughing, I'm going to try to keep moving away from the mic and shutting down the mic to cough. But good gravy, it's not ugh, yuck. You didn't get con crud, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, Carrie and I kept snacking on like clementines and other good, like healthy stuff, and surprisingly, neither one of us got sick. There you go. That's what happens when you're not all full of alcohol and greasy, bad for you foods. Your Yo, I mean, there was alcohol, sticks. so don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> um, we definitely made the room for the vegetables, oh, which yeah. helps. I missed them. Uh, all right. You know what? Let's move on and thank our uh, sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we do need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Unique Gifts and Games. The last episode sponsored by Unique Gifts and Games. Let's take a Ooh. moment right now. Just a moment. All right, in Grays Lake, Illinois, at least for the next month. You can still go there in April. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. <sighs> Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. And Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all of your basing needs. And they do all sorts of cool other stuff. They've been giving me some prototypes of cool things. Um, one of the things are the little trays to hold your Batman cards in. Uh, and they've been working on a prototype for that where you don't need, need a little side pouch to put all those little chits to show your willpower and your health. They're working yeah. on the little slider thing. 
Uh, I actually showed that to some of the guys at uh, Akon, uh, some of the Skull Bros, and uh, they were looking at it, and I, I brought that feedback back to the uh, the guys over at Six Square, to uh, Brad and Kevin, and they're already thinking of ideas to make this thing work. It's really, the, the stuff they're doing with their MDF boards and their little trays and things like that are really pretty cool. So Okay, cool. Give that a listen. Uh, also, um, oh, that's about that. Okay, that is that. Uh, Patreon. Thank you to those of you who are already part of the 1%. If you are not part of the 1%, it would be awesome if you would just go and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. Um, even just taking a look at the at the page would be helpful, even if you if you don't. Uh, if if you don't become a patron, just you know, hey, check it out. Help me out here. Uh, and as always, we want to thank our associate producer Phil Elliott and our executive producers Bradley Graham, Misty Tempel, and Big Jake. Uh, Misty will be on the show a little bit later to talk about her and Shirley's uh, a time at at Adepticon. Um, this was the first time they were there, like competing and playing, and so they. You know, she wanted to come on to talk about it, and that's a mm-hmm. perk of being an executive producer. You can do things like that. So, I also want to thank our newest sponsors: Stephen LaChapelle, Daniel Wade, and Stefan. Only one name on the list. It just said Stefan, so I had to say it with emphasis because when you only use one name, you get the emphasis. You know. Uh, so, thank you all for being the one percent who make this show and everything. That we do with this show uh, possible. Thank you very much. Uh, what else? Uh, hey, voicemail. Alex, did you know we have voicemail? We have, I honestly did not know we had voicemail. That's good. See, you don't listen to me sometimes, I think. I think you've learned to tune me out like everybody else has, finally. What did you say? See? There you go. Perfect. Uh, voicemail. We do have voicemail. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That is 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Uh, it has not been that long of a time since we recorded last, and we have not gotten any new voicemails. Although, we did get a cool response, and I think it's on the Facebook page. I couldn't find it in my email last night. But remember last episode, guy called in asking about uh, human terrain? Mm-hmm. Crazy Sigmar? We had a great... And I, 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 I think it's on the Facebook page, because I did. I checked my emails this morning looking for it. I couldn't find it, but I know I read it. I didn't just make it up. Um, went through and talked about... Uh, his ideas for you know what, what we've heard so far about humans, but then actually talked about the different realms and how the different realms you know we've already learned how the the realms affect the people who live in them as well as things like that. So he went through all the different realms, giving ideas of what the places would look, what they might look like, um, based on where the people lived. Uh, it was really cool. Some really great, and some really great ideas in there for you know, depending if you're going to, uh, you know, decide to to do up a table or do some terrain based in a certain realm. Uh, some really great ideas. So, um, definitely check that out. I will try to find that and maybe link up to it in the show notes if we can. Uh, oh, and then uh, we got an uh, email from Phil Elliott. I think I forwarded it to you, Alex. Uh, it is a wonderful email, a very kind, uh, but it's far too self-serving to read it on the air um, because he was talking about when we put out, you know, asking about, you know, the the battle tomes and how quickly they need to come out and asking the opinions of the listeners. He wrote a really 
nice email um, about how much he enjoyed the show and, and the way we do our thing. So thank you, Phil, for that. It was uh, it was a heck of a thing to read. So uh, I think that's it for voicemails, emails, all that stuff. So should we uh, grab a quick break? Yeah, and, probably uh, should. And then when we come back, uh, we will we're gonna get the news and the toolbox done real quick, and then get into Adepticon as soon as we can. So uh, we'll be right back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer News Network. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Forget it. No, no, no. Okay. I'm dying. That's not a good pain. Ten points, buddy. Thank you. So, hey, um, um, should we just skip the news network for now and come back to it when we talk Akon? Because all the news is the stuff that came out of Akon. Oh, yeah, for sure. All the news that's fit to print. We're going to be talking about in our Adepticon coverage, which will be in just a few minutes. Yeah, so, so why don't we just table that for now and just jump into mm-hmm. the toolbox, and when we can finish that, then we can uh, then we can get to the Acon stuff, get all this out of the yep. way. And cool. the toolbox is brought to you by... Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Rawr. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so Alex... Uh, now, we literally just recorded like a week and a half ago, not even a week and a half ago. So, yep. um, have you been doing any other any hobby, or you just were totally in Acon mode? It was totally in Acon mode, um, but I finally picked up a brush and started doing some stuff after almost two weeks of not doing a darn thing. I put a little more work into the Star Drake that I've got to get ready for uh, end of the month. I also picked up a Lord Ordinator. Uh, I wasn't originally going to pick this model up. Uh, just not a fan of the the head, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I mean, I'm of the opinion that Stormcast should wear helmets when they go to fight, but this guy feels a little weird, but I could not get into the mutton chops. It's just not my thing. Um, but since South Coast is using rules for malign portents for at least two of the scenarios... I wanted to be prepared and have a Harbinger ready to go. So I picked him up and then I put a Space Wolf head on him uh, to give him a different head 
but the model itself reminds me of Vulton from the world that was the blacksmith. Yeah. Uh, so, and he looks to me more like a warrior priest than anything else. So I went with, uh, the space wolf head that looks kind of like, uh, Adam from He-Man, uh, but also looks kind of like Vulton with the long flowy luxurious locks of hippie hair. Uh, so I've got that guy getting primed now. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's just, Oh, and then we got something very nice from the very awesome and excellent Scott Reed. Uh, he's the guy that runs the LVO. Uh, he showed up at Adepticon this year and I had seen him at Holy Wars and I was marveling at his travel display board and be like, buddy, where can I get that? And he's like, well, we don't really make it, blah, blah, blah. And then he shows up with one for you and one for me. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, um, that was, that, that little, that's awesome. Yeah, super awesome. And I mean, Scott, I've not met him until Holy Wars. Um, that guy is super solid, bro. Yeah. Absolute ball to hang out with. Um, so. No, and that's the I mean, thing. I had met him, and I'd seen him, and I knew who he was, but we'd never really just, like, actually, you know, talked or done anything where we were actually interacting. And so yeah. we to show up with that, and then we were, you know, sitting and talking. And so, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's top-notch. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, so I've got that set up, and I'm going to use that for traveling over the South Coast and uh, other places now. So I've got some cork on a couple sections of it to add some height, but still make it small enough to travel and not be all bulky and stuff. So, yeah, really excited about that. It's going to be nice to have a proper, like, travelable display board. Now I just need to figure out if I can stain MDF. I think you can. Like wood stain. Yeah, I've not done it before. Um, Or whatever the hardboard is that it's made out of. I've not done it before, so... Obviously, this is going to be an experiment. Get the Minwax polyurethane stuff. That oh, I've got a yeah. jar of that from my days of dipping. Yeah, I have about four so. different tones from my days of dipping. So yeah, so totally work. I'll be working on that, and really super excited to finally like have a proper display board that I can actually like move around. So that'll be nice. Yeah, no, that'll be cool. That was really nice. That was a cool board. I totally, I totally forgot to mention that. I didn't have that on my list, but that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what have I been doing. Um, I made I, I I got Star Wars Legion, and I built the and I I got the little expansions too because I just I went all in on it. Um, because I got a whole family who loves Star Wars. Um, these are sure. This is I gotta tell you, um. For what they are, they're pretty darn cool models. Okay, um, they—they're they're only two or three pieces. They only fit together a certain way, um, so they're really easy to build. This is Fantasy Flight's first time that they're—they're they're doing the the game with unpainted models. Um, what about Rune Wars? Oh, was Rune? Yeah, that wasn't even colored plastic, was it? I don't know. No. I didn't really look through it. Um. But like their other Star Wars games and stuff, like the other stuff they put out, everything came pre-painted. This is the first time a Star Wars game, at least, they've they put out, I believe, that is unpainted. I believe. I could be wrong. But I know all the other stuff, the the X-Wing and Armada and all that stuff came with pre-painted stuff. This is not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it does go together pretty easily. It's kind of a softer plastic, so you can kind of get all your bits and parts together. Um, but in the end, they, it's it, they're pretty they're pretty cool looking things. I'm I'm very excited um, to, to 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 get some of this going. I will probably have a garage gamer in a month or so on this once we get all the rules down. But that's sure. what I've been doing. Um, I built a box of skeletons with spears. I don't have any spear skeletons. I only had sword and, and, and shield skeletons. Now, I'm I'm in a conundrum here. Let me ask your advice on this. You know, I like uh, having models on the bases when I paint them and when I prime them and stuff like that because it just obviously is much easier if they're on a base. Um, but I've also been a person who doesn't really concern themselves too much with the bases. I've always just did, done some, you know, wood glue and sand and, and flock or, you know, something simple like that. Or some of the GW technical paints now, you put that stuff down on it. It's, you know, it's got some texture to it. Uh, you know, that and some, add some little, you know, clumps of, of grass. But I made these custom bases and I definitely want to paint them up nice, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not certain, should I just like I I I don't want I don't want to glue the mo- I like I just I don't want to mess up the bases by having the models already painted uh, glued to them and then like I don't know if I should paint them all together or if I should maybe just t- take some some lighter you know not as heavily bonding glue and just glue the skeletons just to their regular bases until I can get them painted and then pop them off and put them on the the custom ones I made you know and paint them mm-hmm. separate or I mean, what would you do like I'm just I'm I know this is like a, a like such a small decision, but it's really no, it's causing me significant because of these miniatures. Yeah, uh, because they are smaller than the old skeletons are. They're much more frail and prone to breaking because they are more true to scale instead of the monkey hands and foot ones that we had at the Tomb Kings. Right. So, I think the real big question is how are you going to be painting both the base and the skeleton, like the color scheme that you're going for? Well, uh, it it looks like a like stone slab, like a not, not quite cobblestone uh-huh. base. Um, there's sure. little markings, um, and I had an idea, and I don't know how well it's going to go. I may just do them as regular stone, just you know, like I've done all my other stone things, you know, um, and and base them. What I was kind of hoping to do though is go with a really light basing, and so the cracks in between the stone have like a like a light glow coming out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like that sort of reanimation that you know that the whatever it is the okay. magic that brings. So I thought it might be cool if the bases had that, so it was actually in the ground itself, like this death magic, and then you know do all the little cracks with that light lighter glow, uh, and then go and just paint the rest of the stones normal color. Um, okay. So, would you prime the base white or a light gray? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I was thinking about paying, paint, priming the bases white, but uh, do I? Well, I could probably still prime the skeletons probably white. If you're well. doing the skeletons in a traditional bone scheme, you could probably prime the model in a gray, a light gray, with it on the base. So this way it has better adherence, but also will be the same kind of tone you're going for. Okay. Um, and trying to paint those models separate of their bases, uh, especially the skeletons, just because their feet are so tiny, I would be concerned about 
either breaking them or cutting them too much accidentally, taking them off one base and putting them onto another. See, that was my concern, too, and I'm thinking I might have to just do the whole... Because I wanted to do initially some black priming and then just do a white zenithal light on all of these models because I really want to try to take this whole army up to another level from what I've done before. But at this point, I'm just like, meh, then I'd have to prime the, them separate. Like I said, right now, they're on the little plastic GW bases, and I just used some Elmer's wood glue on the feet. Uh-huh. You know, so just I just I literally took just little bits and just like, you know, brushed on a little bit under the feet and stuck them on there. Like, they're not very super well attached. That wood glue is not forming a huge bond. It's just keeping them from falling over. Mm-hmm. So that might work just to get the priming done, and then once they're primed, I might just go put them on the bases for the rest of the painting. I don't know. I'm probably making more out of this than I need to make out of it. I just I spent all this time making these things. I don't want to screw it up Right on one of these basic setup phases. Uh, and I see people online all the time with all their stuff on all these little, you know, the nice paint handles and everything's on the base. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. But that's just my mm-hmm. conundrum right here. That's the place I've, I'm paused at the moment. Uh, that's why I said, you know, I'm just going to wait and ask Alex, and I'll build this Star Wars stuff. Uh, and then I want to build my Nagash. Although something happened, I'm going to find my children later today and throttle the truth out of them. But somebody was in my models because I was looking at Nagash before I left for Adepticon looking at all the parts and deciding what I wanted to do with them. And I know it was in that tray, and I slid the tray back into the box. And I went and picked up the box today, yet last night to open it up and start putting them together in the sub-assemblies, and there's nothing in the box. Like somebody opened it to look at it and didn't put it away, and I don't know where the hell they put it. But that is not a cheap model, and I'm about to, I'm about to go ballistic if I don't find this damn thing pretty soon. Hmm. So that's just me kind of freaking out for no good reason. But that's it for my hobby, too. Thank you for the advice, by the way. I, I, I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet. Maybe I'll just do one small unit and see how that turns out instead of just trying to do everything in one huge thing. Just do <clears throat> five or ten models directly on the bases and see how that how that turns out. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. Um, did you do any outside of Adepticon gaming, anyway? No. No? I did get in a couple of practice games with Brandon uh, to help him with uh, playing his, uh, getting to know his Nurgle army before he go, went to Adepticon. Um, I got to be honest, uh, I, I'm not getting many games in, and I'm I'm just not feeling my army right now. Like I'm, I want to try something new with Stormcast, you know, but I don't have those other models built, and I've been painting so much blue and gold. I'm kind of like it were. Yes, I want to paint that so I could do something different, but I kind of don't want to paint that anymore right now. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, I mean, obviously, mine's going to be changing once the deep can come out because that oh, is yeah. going to be my next project. Um, but it sounds like moving forward on your death may not be the worst thing. Play something different. Well, and that's the funny thing is I've got it's like I've got a bunch of things I'm enjoying hobbying with right now, building the death and, and working on the bases and painting up this and that, and I've built this Legion stuff. I've got so many projects I'm having fun, but I'm really not focused on any one part because nothing is really grabbing me that is I, that is making me like, I can't wait to get this on the tabletop and, and, and take it against somebody. Like, I have fun with it. Don't get me wrong. I, been, I enjoy the games that I play. 
I just I've been playing a lot of the same thing now for like for a while, and mm-hmm. I, I need I need that I need that new excitement without having to go buy a whole brand new army, right? Because otherwise, yeah, I can have that new excitement with the Deepkin or the an all snake army with Marathi, but I'm just like meh. I think I need to. Uh, and so I'm just like I said, my plan right now is just to keep hobbying until until something really grabs me, and then I'm gonna just go all out with that. Once I find it, then uh, then I'll be good with that. Hmm. Um. So I guess that's about it. Um. You got any other that you want to mention? No. No, yeah, you've been so busy with Akon, that's all you've got. Uh, I will say, uh, the one thing I have done is I did get a chance to listen to the new Thrawn book by Timothy Zahn. It's not new, it's been out like a year um, or so. Uh, but you, if you remember, I was talking about the Thrawn trilogy that I was listening to before. Uh, that was the Heir to the Empire series, which basically fell out of canon when Disney bought uh, you know, when they took everything out of canon that wasn't a show or a book, uh, mm-hmm. and it fell out of canon, and it needed to because it didn't fit with the storyline. Because that's back to the storyline where Leia had twins and stuff like that, and so it didn't follow with what's going on in the movies right now. Uh, but now Timothy Zahn is writing a, a story about basically how Thrawn comes to power and becomes Grand Admiral and all the things he does, and this is canon now. So even if the old story, so I don't even know if it, if, if 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 his ending is going to be the same way. But um, uh, it's really good. Uh, I, I loved that book so much, that Thrawn book. He's like my favorite Star Wars like villain, uh, and he's so compelling. This it's such so well written. If you like Star Wars and you want to hear something good, um, Thrawn is just fantastic. So, <coughs> excuse me, but that's it for me too. Uh, that's it, I guess. So that's, I guess that's it for the toolbox, huh? Yeah, pretty short and simple. Yeah. So, um, well, you know what? Let's let's just grab a second break. I know we had one just recently, but let's do it anyway because I need to go and and get uh, get uh, get Misty on the line so we can record the rest of the show. So we'll take our quick break and then we'll jump in and we're going to talk about all things that we did during Adepticon and all the fun that it was. So uh, back in a minute. Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your gamer may want, from board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program. Check out their events calendar, in-store or online. From Tuesday night miniature games and Thursday night board games to Friday night magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com.
And we are back. That's right, folks. Here we are. Back to talk about Adepticon. Uh, Alex, uh, I hope you had a good Adepticon. I did. I'm still overwhelmed by said Adepticon. But... No kidding, huh? But it's not just us. Uh, we have on with us guest of the show, our uh, one of our executive producers, uh, Misty Tempel. Uh, Misty, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hello, and thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, we're super well, we're excited very to excited have to have you. Hey, hey, Jinx. I'm <laughs> so bad. Oh, boy. Um, so, Misty, why don't you tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself, other than the fact that uh, you're one of the executive producers on the show, so you, you get to come on sometimes and, and, and chit-chat about stuff that's near and dear to you. Uh, I personally remember when you signed on, you're like, I don't think I'm ever going to want to come on. I just want to hang out and do stuff. But you came to Adepticon and was like, hey, I could talk about that. So why don't you tell people a little bit about your history with uh, Warhammer and stuff like that real quick. Well, I uh, I got involved with it through my husband after he finally roped me into like reading some of the lore that was happening at the end times. So I basically came in about two months before Age of Sigmar and pretty quickly decided this was a thing that I loved. Uh, now I understand that I don't I don't have an army of my own because I like to paint and I can't decide on anything. But I've played a couple of games. And then, uh, yeah, mostly I paint. And last year was our first Adepticon, and it was pretty cool. But this year was, like, super cool. Yeah, it was nice meeting you guys last year. You guys came out and yeah. we hung out quite a, we hung out quite a bit. You guys helped me out when we did the bit sales and we were we were having a really good time. I was really glad to see you guys there. And uh your your other half, uh Shirley Tempel, uh he was uh he was all excited. He was sitting there going, oh, I want to come back and play next year, I want to come back and play next year and I had my fingers crossed. I'm like, I hope he follows through, I hope you guys show up and it was really nice to see him there. Had his whole army ready, out there playing games. It was really, it was really nice to see. See, really, we're there every year so we can buy our Girl Scout cookies. That's the true <laughs> secret. Picking up the Girl Scout cookies, and thank you to everyone who did that. That was wonderful. You guys really helped out the troop very well. But um, so now this year, you're 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 participating, which has got to be kind of exciting. Um, and you got there early, so you even got to go to the GW Big uh, Wednesday, uh, you know, premiere showing up what's coming preview thing, didn't mm-hmm. you? I did. I got super lucky and managed to get on the wait list about a week before the convention to get into that because it was full and found out that no one was on the wait list and got in. Got checked in in time to get there. It was all very close. <laughs> yeah. They put in um, some extra chairs, as far as I can tell, because I was also able to get in, but I was not initially on the list. So they had made some extra chairs appear so, so we could get more people in. Uh-huh. So that's why yeah. it worked. And we even had empty chairs, I think, in there, too. When I got there, there was just people at the door waving people in like come on 
Yeah, so, they wanted to get as many people in as they possibly could. No, that's uh, so. So why don't we go over some of the stuff? Because I I got to see it later, and I didn't realize they were going to go and and put it up live, which I thought was very cool. That yeah, they, they, they live streamed uh, the videos and stuff. Yeah, they showed the videos and everything um, after they did the initial teaser, um, the Pete and Andy show. Um, so it was run by Pete Foley and Andy Smiley. Um, so they did their spiel, and then the Warhammer TV guys got on there and then went over the videos after the fact. So, and prior to the start of it, they had said, you know, turn off your phones, please don't take any pictures. This is like your first look at everything, and then it's going to go up on the internet by us. So they had asked everyone to do that. I don't think everyone complied with that, which is not okay. But yeah, um, I don't, yeah, that that always kind of bugs me. And I, I mean, I don't want to get you know being like her, her, you know, I'm Mister Rules follower. But it's like they let you come in. They actually see the preview. Like we're, we are literally going to put this up on the internet as soon as we're done here. Please let us do it. And people are like, nope, got to be me. It's like, oh, come on, tool. Yeah, and the big thing is it's like people put a lot of time and effort into those videos, into these reveals, and to just have it kind of spoiled like that and people don't get to appreciate their work as much is really not okay. But I digress. Um, So where do we want to start? Well, um, like I said, I wasn't there Wednesday. I just got to watch the Warhammer TV a little previewy, you know, commercial okay. thing. So I'm going to let you run with this because I know you've got your list of the things that came out, and then I can just comment on the pictures I saw then. Yeah. So uh, we'll do the, we'll save the best stuff for last. So we'll start with Shadespire. Um, and Andy had started saying, you know, it's like those of you who can count at home will notice that once the next two sets of the Shadespire Warbands come out, we're going to run out of cards. Uh, so that's Magor's Fiends and the Far Striders. So once those come out, all the cards are out. They are working on more warbands, more cards, it looks like, uh, to continue expansions of Shadespire. And one of them that they showed had a ghost on it that looked kind of like the Knight of Shrouds. Oh, okay. So that may be Nighthaunt coming to Shadespire. Maybe. It's always a lot of conjecture because um, they didn't give us like full on details because they're obviously trying to, you know, wet the whistle as opposed to give you the whole thing. Um, so we had that. And then 40K, they did this one last, but we're going to do it kind of in the middle. So they announced new codexes for Harlequins, Death Watch, and Imperial Knights. And. The Imperial Knights video, they actually got a live actor in a suit who looked like a weird combination between a squat, Boba Fett, and a clone trooper with a beard. Uh, and when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, this is squats. They're going to do squats. I can't believe they're going to do squats. And then it was Imperial Knights. So oh, okay. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. So they're introducing a new plastic night kit which is gigantic and i believe the name they used was night castellant so it's this big massive stompy robot which is pretty awesome and then they talked about the big community survey that they did and some of the feedback and adjustments that they're going to be making going forward uh, they introduced battle roll 
um, or battle roster. It's essentially like an army builder tool, kind of like War Scroll Builder, right? For 40k, but it's just going to be power level right, right now. Uh, and then they are working on introducing a point system that they're developing. Nobody plays power level. This is a useless app. They're terrible. Blah, 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 blah. I like playing power level. It's easier since I just play and I hang out with Chris U when I play. Yeah, I mean, it's the big thing is just to have something for everybody. Yeah. And no, I get you're going to want them there eventually, but I just all the, yeah. the, the, the immediate vitriol for people who refuse to play power level was just it cracked me up you know what everyone plays their own thing so as long as you're happy what does it matter exactly so um and then they went through like one of the biggest responses they got which was sisters of battle plastic sisters of battle please please let us bring back sisters of battle and i i'm not a big 40k player so i never understood the nuns with guns um, obsession that a lot of people have. Um, but it's something that obviously a large part of this community is passionate for is to bring back Sisters of Battle. So they announced that Emperor Willing 2019 Sisters of Battle Community Codex, which is, from what Andy made it sound like, is that they're going to do beta rules in the chapter approved 2018. So this way the Ooh. players can submit feedback and help develop the codex. So it's a very dramatic shift in direction from a company that's always been like historically insular. So for them to actively seek the community's involvement in making something that's obviously this important to the community. Yeah, that's pretty okay. Yeah. I was surprised when, when that was the, the thing uh, that it was sisters of battle. I thought that was pretty cool though. I was, I was pleased. Mm -hmm. I don't play them either, but, I, I understand the people who who do and who have and who have stuck by their 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 treasure trove of, of metal models this whole time just waiting for them to get something um something more substantive than the last time when they gave them the the two white dwarf a rule set of rules right so we've got that coming out and I think that was all the 40k stuff that they had talked about um and then they did a Q&A type thing for about 20 minutes. And a lot of people are asking silly questions like, when am I getting a plastic Thunderhawk? Can you confirm the contents of the Triumvirate of Abaddon? Which is not a thing. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they did do a Q&A and there was some stuff that they obviously had to table till next year. Um, and they also had mentioned that they were working on going to be providing con-specific models for the swag bags. And I believe it's a space Marine captain that they're going to be bringing for everyone for 2019. And it'll be a con exclusive miniature. Interesting. Yeah. And they had put the GW has been very supportive of Adopticon. And I believe they're the ones that put the limited edition intercessor sergeant in everybody's swag bag. Oh yeah. Um, so, I believe Black Library also put a book in everybody's swag bag. And uh, I think the VIG's got two books. Yeah. And then they got that little uh, promo book, the Neferata, and some other Space Marine little mini book. So they're obviously participating in 
engaging in the community again, which is awesome. So that's all the other stuff. So let's talk about the really important stuff. Okay. They started with Age of Sigmar, and the first thing that they brought up was talking about malign portents and how Nagash is making a power play and doing his thing. So it's about time he got reinforcements. And they did the little brief teaser of what some people have speculated is a new black coach. I did see the clips from that, and it it could it, it definitely could be a new black coach, which I just yeah. guess makes it fine that I still haven't put all mine together. It's still in sub-assemblies because that model's a pain in the butt. It's not a pain in the butt. It's god-awful. Oh. Let's be honest here. Okay. It's And it doesn't even fit the jive of the Nighthaunt aesthetic in the least. Not, no, not anymore. Yeah. Even with just the hex wraiths, the spirit hosts, and the two plastic characters, it just doesn't fit. So that would actually be a good move, as far as I'm concerned, if it is a new coach. I love the coach. I've always loved the coach. Like I, you know, I used the the you know parts of it when I would play, just sort of in the basement. Um, I just, I really would love to see a new model for it because I really do enjoy just the whole concept of it, and I've always liked playing with it. And you know, it can charge up and do cool things. I just, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they also teased. Um, possible new rules from magic and they showed up this is the one that grabbed my attention the most with the little weird skull purple round thing model the cush ball of death the cush (laughs) ball of death thank you yeah that's a good description for it because it's very accurate i it's me it looked like a puffer fish name of something isn't that no that's pineapple express okay banana (laughs) whoa something like that we went there I don't know, Purple Kush, that's what I heard, and my mind went went elsewhere. I'm sorry. Apologize. Okay, Prince. Um, so we got this big purple skull-faced scun Kush ball of death thing, and we don't know what it is at all. But it has to do with magic, and it looks like a giant purple sun type thing, which, oh, boy. I don't know. I'm super jazzed. Like, I just want to know what they're doing. Like, I don't know how much they're changing magic around, you know, um, but this is, it's kind of exciting to see there's going to be some changes. Uh, I'm wondering if it's going to be just supplement, like you can change it, or if this is going to be a a, a core change of the rules, because you know, that could add to yeah. the four pages really easily. Yeah. I think the big thing to understand is that whatever it is, all rules in Age of Sigma are optional. You just have to agree with your opponent what rules you're following first. So my biggest concern with what this could be is if it's like Storm of Magic was. Because I was not a fan of the Storm of Magic release. Um, But that's just me. I still hold to the fact that Storm of Magic suffered from coming out at the wrong time. That's entirely plausible. Everybody wanted rule books. We didn't get one for like almost nine months. You know, um, and then they came out with a rule book and then that uh, an and army book and then that. And people are like, what is this? This is not 
we don't want you. We don't want to have a fundamental core change to the rules of the game. We want to have updated army books, and I because th- uh, we did pl- we played a few games of it, and we had a lot of fun. Um, it's it's another thing that is absolutely for narrative play and not for competitive play because it got wonky and stupid really fast at parts. But if you're in, down in the basement rolling dice and just trying stuff out, we had a lot of fun with it. But that's just me. I've always enjoyed that uh, Storm of Magic craziness, partly because I was playing my uh, my vampire counts at the time, and anything that would dr- drive magic over the top could really make my army just go bananas. But I digress. What a shock. Yeah. Um, and then the big reveal that everyone was waiting for, Order Battle Tome. Ideneth Deepkin. Yeah. Now, did you guys get to see models? Or was it just pictures? Just on the screen. Okay, so it was photos. Okay. So you guys saw the stuff that we saw. How about jumping out of the water Aquaman guy? Techless, techless on, on at the beach, as I like to call it. Yeah. Um, when, I w- when we were first told about what these models were... Um, back when we started the playtesting process, we were told that they would be the most dynamic miniatures that GW's made to date. And they did not disappoint. Um, the big guy jumping out of this tidal wave with all of the sea creatures uh, coming out of the cape. You've got some elf character with an eye patch on what looks like a hippocampus. Which Unicorn is... hippocampus. It's got a horn. Hmm. It did. I thought, no, I believe. I just thought Hippocampus just had a horn to begin with. I have no idea. They're mythical creatures. Is it yeah. like a narwhal? <laughs> no, it's not a whale. Oh. No, no, no. Just imagine a seahorse with like a unicorn horn where a unicorn would have it. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the big turtle with like six or eight fins with a howdah on his back. You've got guys riding sharks, uh, yeah. cavalry on what looks like eels or hagfish. Hagfish, I like that. Oh, I'm so excited about these things. Tell me more. <laughs> um, and then we got a whole bevy of what look like awesome-looking characters, um, a number of wizards, a pretty sinister guy with a massive like hook or a scythe or something, and then my personal favorite is the guy with the octopus captain octopus yes with the octopus has knives in its in its little tentacles that's i can't believe i forgot the octopus yeah i mean he's definitely going to be doc ock for a while until we get his proper name um but you know we've got the octopus guy and then i think the weirdest thing we got was the infantry like just the regular grunts they're Super pale skin, no eyes, and like some sort of red scar on their forehead. And their armor is distinctly different from the guys on the horse, on the uh, cavalry. It's much darker. It's not that bright, polished silver. So they look kind of at odds. In their sort styling. of like the small fish in the big pond? It's entirely plausible. That that could be something of the case. 
Um, but we're dealing with elves with no eyes. See, when I first looked at it, I was like, uh, you're kidding me. Uh, the way I, when I saw the pictures, I was looking on my phone, you know, and um, I saw the pictures and I'm like, they didn't paint the eyes. I'm like, how do you release this without painting the eyes? And then someone's like, they don't have any eyes. I was like, oh, zoom. Oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. They don't have eyes. No. The hills have them, but they don't. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's terrible. I know. Uh, but they look really cool. Harrison was super excited when he looked at these things. He was so like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm so psyched for this. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm certain he's not the only one, but he's, you know. No. It was great. No, time. this is going to be a definite, like, complete blow-up army. Everyone is going to be playing this. And it's a new army um, with new lore. so we're gonna... And it's an elf. Yeah. yeah. Elf army. And elves are, by definition, popular. So. And Pete did uh, mention that they have a, like, a tide mechanic to how they play. So, who knows what that could be? Okay, so we can get a tide mechanic somewhat like the Nurgle, uh, the waxing and waning of the tide or the waxing and waning of Nurgle's garden's powers. That could be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And we already see it with the Daughters of Cain with their like the, the sort of frenzy. As the turns go by, they get more and more bonuses as they get yeah. crazier and crazier. For I their blooderites. Yeah, I, this is... This is some pretty neat stuff. There's a lot of complexity coming in here that they can add with the certain armies without having to add it to the complexity of the of the general game. I'm, it's pretty cool. I'm I'm very psyched to see with the Deepkin. Not that I'm planning on building and painting and, and running a Deepkin army because I'm still working on my uh, my Death Army and my Stormcast because I still haven't painted all my Chikovos. I'm so behind. I'm so annoyed. There's too yeah. many cool projects and not enough time or money for it. Well, how about I do the deepkin for the both of us? There you go. You do the deepkin. So one of us is running that, and I will just play something that's that's been out forever and is mediocre. All right, I'm just I'm done feeling sorry for myself about missing all that. That looks so cool, though. I, I got to say, it's it's kind of incredible when... You know, I, I know there was a time when I just kind of collected and built all the armies because I wanted to have all the armies, you know. But now it's like I kind of like I've gotten it under control and I only build a couple of armies and they're making it more and more difficult to stick with just the couple that I'm working on. They just keep coming out with something new and amazing every couple months. I don't know. I just I'm. I'm I'm flabbergasted. That's the word I think I'm looking for with how amazing this stuff is. Well, it's not like they've done an army book or a battle tome every month since the start of the year in addition to everything else that they're doing. Well, you know, they're not going to care that much because they put out 40K last year and they're just going to focus on 40K. Right. <laughs> uh, it's... I. You know, we and we, we 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 this topic comes up like every two three episodes because every two or three episodes something else amazing happens and we're just like oh you got to be kidding me oh you got to be kidding me oh you got to be kidding me it's so good this is so good but that's the that was is that all of the big preview I think so that was the big stuff that I took away from it yeah. 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I knew I'd be excited about the Deepkin once they were mentioned and we saw that they were coming. It's something new. We all, we all like the new shiny, but the, the new magic thing is the thing that's got me the most curious, I guess you'd say. Like, I know I'm going to read all the lore for the Deepkin and it's going to be, and it, if, if it's anything like the stuff they've been putting out, I know it's going to be cool. I know it's going to be fascinating. I know it'll fill up a lot of a lot of gab time here on the show. But magic, I mean, that's a changing in in the way we play the game, um, and not just changing the meta because of new armies, but changing you know the way all armies might be affected. That's the one that's got me most interested. I think. Mm-hmm. See, that went like entirely over my head when I saw it. I did not realize how exciting it was. I just saw, oh, look, it's a big purple cush ball of death. It looks so cool. So now I'm, I've got a whole lot to think about. So thanks, guys. <laughs> I made somebody think. I rarely get accused of that. That's fantastic. That's I'm amazed. <laughs> I rarely get accused of thinking. So. Oh, pish. There ah, <laughs> we go. All right, so um, that was Wednesday night. Now Thursday, I still wasn't there. Thursday was the uh, all the mini tur- the mini cons, right? Like the the like thousand the Vanguard the Vanguard events and stuff like that. Yeah, did, did you run so, that stuff, Alex? I did. Uh, so, um, yeah, we ran two flights of one thousand points in AM and PM, um, and that was rough. Um, just with scheduling and stuff, it ran really late, uh, just to try to get into events. So next year we may look at doing one longer flight as opposed to two smaller ones. We'll see. Uh, obviously this is just post discussion. Um, so we had a lot of people turn out for that and everyone seemed to have a really good time and they had Shadespire going on about the same time. Uh, they didn't get started until later in the afternoon, but they still had a lot of people for the Shades by our Grand Clash. So that was amazing to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thursday was really just kind of a blur, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I don't remember too much of it. Um, so we ran the 1Ks. We really didn't have any sort of issues. And then at the end of the 1Ks, we had to set up another set of tables because... Obviously, Shadespire was done, and we needed to expand out all of that terrain and more tables for the team tournament the next day. So we got all of that out, um, and then we went out to dinner with um, most of the guys that came over from the UK. So Face Hammer guys, the Heel and Hammer guys, Brian the Hobby Killer, um, just Jimbo and Mitzi. Right. Um, I don't remember if Jimbo and Mitzi came with us Thursday. Oh. Um, I know we all went out to lunch on Wednesday. We took them to Portillo's, also known as Portillo's. Portillo's. Yeah, uh, that was an interesting experience. To try to explain a cake shake to Russ Veal was an amazing experience. (laughs) Um, I had one, too, and they are so good. I, no, no. I gotta disagree with you there. I can't do the texture. I don't (laughs) like the little, no, no, I don't like the little flex of the frosting coming up the straw and it feels like you caught a booger in your mouth or something. <laughs> it's just 
It's oh, just a no. weird See, experience. That's wonderful, just a nice chunk of hot. It's like when you get a hot fudge <laughs> sundae and you get that little Thanks. chunk of hot fudge in there. If you're, and we're gonna have to disagree. That the cake shake is 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 an amazing. The chocolate cake at Portillo's is amazing. To take an entire piece of cake and just crush it up and throw it into a shake, uh, that's is disgusting. That's wonderfully heart attack inducing. Ugh. Anyway, I can't eat them. I haven't had one in years, but oh god, they were good. Yeah, so uh, we went out with the guys Thursday night. Um, there wasn't too much else going on Thursday that I remember. Uh, it was just a lot of trying to keep everybody going and getting games done on time because we were on a kind of a crunch schedule. Because like right when round three was ending, we were starting registration for the second flight. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a little hectic right there. Yeah, I didn't even get there till like almost ten o'clock Thursday night, so I missed like everything. I literally walked in and was checking in, and Domus saw me, and he's like, "Hey, come and meet the Face Hammer guys," because you guys were all standing in the lobby right there, getting ready to go to dinner. Hmm. <coughs> Late dinner, but I was just oh, I was I was so I was just so excited to be there on when I finally got there on Thursday. It was super. It was super awesome. I I, mm-hmm. I was. This is a weird Adepticon for me because it's the first time I was not signed up for any games of any sort. Um, I had signed up for Batman on Friday because I didn't have a player to do the team tournament with. I didn't have someone to play with, so I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just sign up and play some Batman because I like this Batman game. I've tried it; it's pretty cool. Uh, I had to drop out though because I didn't get nearly enough practice games in on that and I don't know the rules well enough to sit down and play on at a tournament level even if it was a friendly tournament I did not know the rules well enough to play uh, so I wound up dropping out and just hanging around on Friday which actually turned out to be really cool because I never get to do that because I've always got stuff scheduled so hanging around on Friday was kind of a neat thing yeah um I know you were playing in the team tournament on Friday, weren't you? I was trying to, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was playing with John Winger, and we were doing uh, Devoted to Sigmar and Darkling Covens. So the two of us are pushing around 160-something miniatures. Um, and then the guys from Six Squared Studios showed up, and they actually had a bag of movement trays for me, hmm. but they weren't put together, so I couldn't <laughs> use them. So I was kind of bummed about that, and I didn't get a chance to glue them together. Um, but, no, I mean, shout out to those guys for bringing them. That's amazing. And I got a bunch put together to play the ringer with for the rest of the weekend. And I don't even think we ended up using it, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, but The, the guys from Six Square, they came out. Yeah, they brought um, they brought me some moving trays as well. And they're like, we had them cut. We didn't have time before we left to glue the part, the two parts together. So I was sitting there at home when I got home gluing all of those moving trays together as well. Um, but those guys are just great. I felt so bad because they were playing in other things. And they came by on Saturday and saw Heather. And uh, I gave them some, some gummy bears because Kevin loves gummy bears. And there's a place... In Indiana, there's it's just like the it's just a gummy bear factory basically. Um, so we went and got him a bunch of candy because he's always bringing Heather candy. 
but they came by and we were gonna we were gonna hang out uh, and I would, we just never had the time and I felt awful because they always get together and we have so much fun and do stuff and we had planned to get together and do stuff and it just totally fell apart. But mm-hmm. it's okay because we're staying at the same hotel for Gen Con, so we will definitely cool. do uh, some happy hour playing Luchador and things like <laughs> that and Shadespire. So very exciting stuff. Yeah. They did give me a cool. I just wanted to mention this. They gave me uh, they they when they work on some prototypes, they'll give me the prototypes to check out and see what I think. And they had some um, things that they were working on. But one really cool thing is they were working on some uh, prototype stuff for like little Shadespire pieces and things like that. And um, I don't know how much I should be saying about it, but I was kind of taking the parts and putting it together. Like this is a really interesting concept. What they're working with here, it's not. They weren't just doing. Um, you know, for the uh, impassable terrain, making little pieces to to three D your board, but they were doing like completely customizable. You could do your own customizable board. No, oh. like whole board is what I as I'm putting things together and looking at it. So, um, I think that might be interesting if they get if they get that to work. Uh, I think that'll be something pretty cool that they've got. So everybody, go check out Six Squared Studios. We run commercials for them all the time, and they're awesome. So. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sidetracking there. It's all good. So, all good. what else are you doing? I know you guys. Nah, you, you and Winger always do the team tournament stuff. You guys are, you guys are so in sync when you play the games. You've always you've got that down because you always play together. So you just totally took it out and won the whole thing, right? Hell no. Oh, okay. Um. So I think the like we went two and one, which. The outcome was immaterial. I was just happy to have a day off and play some games. Um, John and I were fortunate enough to get on the live Twitch stream for game one. Oh, that's which right. Which is pretty awesome. And then to have us go against Tom McClure and Andrea Schwant, I you could not have asked for a better table. Team best sports. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we got to do me and John versus Tom and Andrea. They were both playing carriage on overlords and it was a very interesting experience playing on the Twitch. So, I mean, it was actually pretty, uh, wasn't anything terribly different. We got to play on some awesome terrain that the GW guys had brought over, uh, specifically for the live stream. Um, and just had to go over like a couple of like mannerisms, how the whole process works. Um, Rory was sitting there doing the texting or they're doing the text and the updates and checking everything. Um, so, I mean, it was a cool experience. And then I properly went and pantsed a rule because I was exhausted and not thinking particularly straight on live stream with uh, how my prayers work for the devoted. Uh oh, I wasn't taking enough saves and just completely pantsing a rule again. Not intentional. I was not trying to press an advantage. I was just tired and not thinking straight. So I got called out on that on live stream, which was like, oh, that was fun. Um, but again, just you just not thinking. So, hey, uh, but it happens to everybody. We all make mistakes, yeah, you know. Yeah, and everyone was okay with it. it. Was it was what it was. I just felt like an idiot for doing it. 
Um, but John and I ended up uh, winning on the top of turn five, and it came all the way down to turn five. It was really back and forth. So uh, it was a really great way to start everything. Um, but once I got back in the hall, because the Warhammer Live area was in a separate room. It's where we were last year. Uh, so then Schomburg Ballroom. Once we got back into the main convention center, uh, I had a hard time relaxing again. Um, because I am a control freak. And no. I was... No. I, yeah, I never would have got that impression from you. I know. Um, I had a really hard time relaxing the rest of the day. Uh, just because I was worried about how things were going, that everything was being done properly, etc., etc. Um, so I don't think I gave uh, the last two teams that we played the best of games. And that's really unfortunate because I just could not relax. And it is what it is. Um, I mean, Greg Dupuy did a great job uh, running the event, and I really do appreciate everything that he did, him stepping up to give me a day to participate. Um, but I don't know if I'll play again next year. I think I just need to focus on running events and just being done with it. <laughs> it's just, I couldn't, the whole point of me playing Friday was to relax and enjoy everything. And I couldn't do that except for when I was physically out of the hall. So I think that speaks to me more than it speaks to Greg. Because by all accounts, as far as I can tell, Dick, Greg did a great job. Yep. So I'm going to agree just, with you there. That's more of a you thing. I'm going to just agree. Yeah. So in any event, um, it was what it was. People had a great time. It was a massive success by all expectations. I think we had like 120 uh, some odd teams. So that's 121. So 242 players playing which is pretty outstanding yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, that was rock on. And then John and I got some fancy dice from playing on Warhammer TV. Oh, really? So, yeah, they gave okay. each one of us that played on there a set of 10 dice with the Warhammer TV logo on the six. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So, it was a cool experience. I'm really glad of all the events that they chose to broadcast. That was one of them. What did you guys do on Friday, Misty? Did you guys play in the in the event? Um, or? You know, Thursday and Friday both are kind of a blur for me. We were doing a lot of scrambling to finish up Shirley's army. Ah. I was working real hard on that display board. Um Friday was Friday. Yeah, that was the night of Carrie Ann's birthday. Right. Yeah. That is essentially what I did. <laughs> Come to think of it. That was the high point of my day, and it turned out to be a very, very fun point of my day. Yeah. I, I think it even bled over into Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was there for about an hour, and I was I was already tired, and I wanted to try to get in one game of Shadespire at least before I went to bed because I hadn't been playing all day, and I like I like I was like, oh, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, and I was I was in bed maybe 
an hour and a half after I split up with you guys, but I walk. You guys are still going strong. I was like, oh dear lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for those that were not aware, and we didn't sing "Happy Birthday" to Carrie, which is kind of a miss. But I thought we um, did. Scooter went and got the mic. Yeah, no. yeah. Scooter did afterwards, but he didn't get the whole tournament singing. Oh. Um, but in any event, uh, so it was my wife's thirtieth birthday. Um. Which it seems to be on her birthday like every freaking year, but it's not next year. So thank goodness that that is the case. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that she was just fun. Turned thirty. Yeah, she's a kid. How old are you? Thirty-two. For crap's sake! Seriously? Yeah, I didn't realize you were thirty-two. It's probably your cranky old man demeanor. I really You're am welcome. the old man in this group. God bless America. Dave, did you catch one of your friends asking if I was one of your students? Yes. Yes. Well, because they knew one of my former students was there playing. Brandon was there. And they just mm-hmm. knew that Whitech had somebody there who was one of his students who was there. And then we were hanging out, and they were like, is that is that your student? I'm like, no. <laughs> No. I was at least flattered. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, uh, my Friday was pretty cool though, because Harrison got—I got him out of out of school a little early, and he came down uh, and met up with me, um, because we we had uh, dinner plans on Friday night, and uh, he'd never been to Adepticon, so he was all excited to be there. Grabbed his badge, walked around. Um, now the only other convention he goes to, he goes to the TARDIS convention, uh, around Thanksgiving and he goes to Gen Con. So like in Gen Con, you, you like, you have to have badges to get into the halls even. Like mm-hmm. there are people standing there checking your badge. You're not even allowed in the hall period unless you've got a badge. So we're, he's like, oh my God. He's like, this is so weird. He's like, I feel like I'm, like I'm sneaking around. I'm like, why is it? Cause nobody's checking my badge everywhere I go. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, it's a little more laid back than that. You're you're cool. Don't worry about it. But uh, he got there. Now, the funny thing is I get there. I'll usually get there, you know, like Thursday. And I usually get there around dinner time because I'll leave right after school. Uh, and everyone is trying to get, you know, go to dinner. So there's a lot of parking spots. And I'll, I'll grab the best spot I can. I'll park and I won't move the whole weekend. Well, Harrison got there and it was like around lunchtime, but not quite. Uh, he calls me. He's like, I'm here and I can't find parking. So I, I go out there. I jump in the car with him. And we literally drove around for 30 minutes looking for a parking spot. Yeah. Uh, it was bananas. We finally got a spot in the back. And uh, it like, you know, way in the back of the of the convention center. But we got one, which we're like, okay, finally we're in. Um, gave him the tour. He kind of looked around, saw stuff. We ate. Uh, and then I had a class actually, um, one of these late to the you know sign up classes. Super excited. Um, Vince Venturella from Warhammer Weekly was teaching it, and it was four people max in the class, right? Um, so it was a small room, and it was me and Martin Orlando and Paul Wagner and other dude I didn't know, uh, but three of the four of us all knew each other. As far as, you know, the the students went. And Vince was doing a smooth, seamless blending. And I'm a guy who learns by being shown, 
right? Like I can, mm-hmm. I need to see what's happening. And I watched the Duncan videos, and even those those are good. But even those, about halfway through, a lot of times he'll talk about stuff, and then it'll do that, and then he's yeah. done. You know, um, and I've and I've I mean I've been doing classes since I first started coming to Adepticon like seven eight years ago. Uh, some classes are pretty good. Like some classes, um, you know, you may not get the personal, you know, uh, as much personal time with the instructors you want because there's like 16, 24 people in the class and they're showing you their thing and you're trying to replicate it um, and you can ask a couple questions. I've picked up techniques from that or at least basic theories and then worked with those theories. Uh, I've been to some classes that were that were duds too. Um you know, someone's up there and they're like, hey, I can do this. And, I, and then they just paint it and they, they, but they're not, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not naming names or figuring, but some people are not very good at teaching a technique as they are at doing a technique. And that makes a huge difference in the class. Um, Vince is good at doing the technique and he's great at explaining his technique. And when there's only four people, you literally start doing it, and then he goes, okay, who's done? And then he just sits there with you and says, okay, this is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to change. Uh, and then there's plenty of time when he's done talking to you to talk to every single person because there's only four of us, right? Um, that class was amazing. That's the best class I've ever taken at Adepticon. Well worth the money. Um uh, and Vince is such a nice guy too. He's like, you can just contact me online, and if you have questions about what you're doing. But uh, I did what you would call smooth, seamless blending for the first time ever in like ten years of painting models. Um, in two hours, he taught me like three or four different techniques that I've been sort of working on, and now my new army that I'm putting together in painting. Uh, I'm, I'm really going to try to in, in use those techniques and take my take my painting to the next level because that's the one thing I've never been able to do. And Vince was just fantastic, and he was really cool. He like Harrison was going to go hang out in, in, the, in the vendors hall for a couple hours, just kind of wander around and see other people's games. And Vince was like, "Nah, don't make him. Just he can come and sit in the room." And I mean, he was just playing on his switch the whole time, but. You know, he did look at at the models when we were painting. Harris is not a big painter, so it was not like he was, you know, stealing valuable class time and resources. He was just hanging out in the room. But, but uh, yeah, it was. I can't. I can't. I can't. I was all weekend. I mean, you were. You were. You guys were both there listening to me. How many times did I talk about? How much did I talk about that class? A lot. And you weren't the only one. Um, By all accounts, everyone that I talked to that took Vince's class said it was absolutely astounding. The stuff he does. And he's yeah. just showing you like his techniques. And it was I would have never thought of it, but now that I've seen it, I'm like, oh like, that totally makes sense. And this I mean it was just if you can take a class with Vince at Adepticon next year, take it. I mean he, they literally keep the classes down to four people and he was te- he was teaching most of the weekend. Uh, he did mm-hmm. a bunch of classes, uh, and he could totally probably open those up to twenty some odd people, and 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 rake in a bunch of money for what he's doing. But he's, the, you know, the and the uh, he's purposely keeping them to a small class where he can get hands on with you and give you personalized teaching, um, 
It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. I I can't thank him enough. Um, I'm hoping that I can keep working with this technique and get it down well enough so that when I finally get back to Wapaka in January, I have an army that's got actual nice blending and can you know can be considered um, you know a, a quality army among that group of armies. Yeah, I've got to hit up that class next year because it sounds awesome. Oh, so good. It was, I mean, it was, it was bananas. Like I said, I was lucky I caught it too because that was one of those late things. It was, I got, went up on the Facebook, you know, their Facebook feed. Hey, late, late class ads. And I looked and I was like, class size four. I'm like, oh, that sounds actually, that's exactly what I need. Click. And I, I managed to get in there before it was closed. It was so good. So. That was that was pretty much my Friday. After that, I mean, I played some Shadespire with Rotor. Um, I was trying out the uh, Fire Slayers, and he was whooping on me with the Skaven. Um, and then he was really nice and gave me advice. I got to see some of that. Pardon? No, I said I got to see some of that whooping. It oh, that's right. Yeah, I took a beating. But it was, he was nice enough that it, even... Excuse me. He was uh I it can't be that fun just clubbing baby seals. So he was like, dude He's like, What are you doing? He's like, Why are you doing this? He's like and so he gave me some tips and then uh Friday night when I went back to uh play I had I swapped out a few cards, I cleaned up I polished up the deck a bit, uh and I got the thing down and I I turned around and I actually won a couple against him. Um which to Rotor's credit um, I was just getting pounded on until he pointed out my huge strategic errors, and then I took that advice and I turned around and was able to win some. So, uh, but that was uh, that was some pretty fun stuff. But all in all, Friday was a good day. It was just nice to have Harrison there with me, you know, for the first time because he'd been wanting to come for years. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's my Friday. I think that's everything. And then we went to Carrie Ann's party. Yeah, and that was a nice time. Yeah, I forgot I took a class that day. I did. I took my first ever paint. Well, not my first ever painting class, but my first at Adepticon. And it was pretty okay. Pretty okay. Yes, I do. Now, who is your class with? I feel terrible to say this. I honestly don't remember his name, and I have heard people remind me what it was several times since then, but I do not remember his name. Hmm. Uh-oh. But I do have the adorable little model on my dash in my car now because oh, nice. he he guards my car. Very sweet. Is it like a little chibi guy? It is a little chibi guy. Oh, okay. Little chibi samurai. He keeps me safe. I wanted to do those chibi classes, but I just I'm don't have the I'm, it's like I don't know how I would transfer over that knowledge into painting my other models and when you're on limited time it was actually really helpful for learning to do more drastic highlighting like, yeah the more dramatic highlighting okay well Maybe I will take that. Maybe I will try to sign up for that next year then. I know Andrea took it, and she said it was great. Mm-hmm. So, hey, listen, why don't we take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk to champs on Saturday and Sunday. Sure. All right. 
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back talking the Age of Sigmar Adepticon Championship record-setting numbers. We had a lot of people. There was a lot of people. And, dude, there was a lot of people despite the fact that there was a huge, like, weather thing that messed up a lot of people being able to get there. Yeah, we had that massive nor'easter going through, uh, screwed a lot of people up, cost us from having... The wonderful company of Ian Botts and Kelly. Yeah, that um, made me sad. That made us very. That made everyone very sad. You don't miss two outstanding people like that lightly. Um, but we had 190 sign up, 164 made it, and I think between Saturday and Sunday we lost another 20 or so. Uh, just from a number of things like sheer exhaustion. Um, not doing particularly well, family stuff, and frosty beverages. Now, I got a question. Um, yeah. How common was that in, in previous years that people would just be like, you know what, I'm not doing very well. I think I'm just going to quit the second day. It was more common than I ever want to give it credit for. Um, We had a number of people, even this last year, where they just disappeared after the first game if they lost. Um, and didn't bother to tell us or anything like that. Yeah, that I I I don't get that. I get if you only want to play for a day. You know, you don't want to do a two day event. Maybe do a one day. You sign up anyway because that that's the option. Um, I I can I can I just don't get. I paid all this money and I lost the first game. It's like I mean, are you? I mean, I guess there's people who are just there to win. And you know, if you lose games, you're not gonna win. So. You, you quit, I guess. I. It doesn't make any sense. And trying to explain it to the Brits that came over, they're like, this never happens in the UK. And it's like, I know. Yeah, I, I can't see. I mean, I saw people come up and say, hey, you know what? I could get an earlier flight out. I'm not going to win anything at this. I'd much rather get home early. And as a guy who only has to drive an hour to get there, like, I, I get what they're saying. I get that. Like, if you could literally say, look, I'm not going to win anything. I'm having fun, but I can actually take this earlier flight and and get across the country and get home. Okay. Um, you know, if that's what you want to do. Me, personally, I'm never in a rush to get home. But like I said, I also don't have that. Actually, I'm always in a rush to get home. But it's like I can I know I can leave at whatever time. And it's not like I would I would want to ditch the whole thing. You know, a day early or half a day early. Um, yeah. 
I had the luxury of like putting back home slow as can be Monday afternoon. <laughs> I was I was in it for every minute of Adepticon. Yeah, I mean, I totally get. I mean, I have I have friends who will leave on Sunday afternoon, like leave early, like Sunday after breakfast or after lunch, like they've done their stuff. They don't have stuff planned. Why not get home? But when I just I can't. I don't get the whole dropping out just because. I mean, and I, and I and I guess I've always seen that. I remember the first core comp. Christopher was playing that guy who quit at the end of the first day because Chris didn't want to charge him his Chaos Warriors with his uh, with his Chaos uh, or with his Chaos Dwarfs. Chris like I'm not charging into that. I'm going to stand here and shoot. And that guy left and never came back. And it was weird. I always thought it was weird. And, and like I said, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to make fun of people who who do. I just, I I never noticed that it, that was happening until like last year. Yeah. So I just didn't. I didn't know if that was a new phenomenon or if that had always sort of happened. It's unfortunately kind of been there. Um, I mean, if that's your thing, that's fine. It's just. It's frustrating to us as organizers to lose people that we don't know about. So, so we have to spend extra time adjusting the pairings, doing additional time to allow for that. So, so we start late because I think we started 15 minutes late on um, Sunday. Sunday because we had to reorganize the pairings. And then also, if you think about it, by you leaving early, you're screwing the opponents that you played out of sports votes. For determining who won best sports. Oh, uh, that's right. I wasn't. That's right because that's that. I wanted to bring this up. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I know on Sunday some people were coming up and saying that they were going to bow out, and Carrie Ann was like, "Could you just at least fill out your sports votes? Um, you know, for the people you did play, which, you know, this is sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation because mm-hmm. when you're voting for your best two and you only played three. Yeah, you know, I'm. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's like it actually slants the odds in the favor for getting better, more sports votes for people who, you know, because they didn't play that many people. Yeah, or you don't vote at all because you just bowed out and didn't tell anybody. Like it does mess up some of the way things are scored, and I mean, either they don't vote for anybody, and then the person who played them has no chance, or. The person they played has all the chance because they only played two people before they're quitting, and so they both those two people get their vote. It's yes, yeah. uh, I just it. it I mean, it me. also depends. I mean, we don't include sports votes into your overall score. It's just used for tiebreakers for determining best sports, right? Um, and even then, it only came to a single tiebreaker to determine the best sports for the championship. But okay. we still had all those votes, right? No, I mean, and I, and I realize it's not going to mess with the overall standings. It's just, uh, it's, but it does, it does mess with things. And that just, the the whole just ditching thing, that I never got. Like, you know, at least walk up and be like, you know what, I got to go, I'm out. I mean, heck, you can just make something up. Hey, I got a call. I got, I got. I, yeah, I mean, know? we had a guy that bopped out after game two because he had imbibed too much. Um, but he at least told us. And knew he had gotten to the point that he could not continue to play. And at least we were notified. I think that's one of the big things that I wish people did more of. If you're going to bop, 
just at least tell us. Yeah. I mean, that way, because like you said, I mean, that way you don't have to redo all of the pairings and, and matching up the people for playing the next day because you got all these people who aren't showing. It's it's it was, it's crazy. Um, my first year of sitting and, and, and really helping you guys, I say really helping, not like I helped a lot, but I was actually there as, you know, helping you, not just saying, hey, you need anything. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, kind of seeing how the how all that works and all the stuff you're doing and all those parts, those moving parts. It's it's crazy. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how you run a, a 160 some man tournament with five or six. With I think there was was there six of us or was there more? I thought there was, it was six. Me, Carrie Ann. Um, then you had Dennis and Lauren running paint. Um, and there was me and Elric, like just doing whatever else was necessary. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Um, oh, and Kevin Fleming was there for Saturday only. Oh, right, right, Um, right. So again, we're doing this on a skeleton crew because everyone wants to play. So, and I get it. I really do. You don't have what is projected to be the largest independent event on the planet this year and not want to play in it. I get it. It's just, we need help. I really, I got to say, I had a lot of fun. Um, It was very liberating to not have to worry about the, you know, the playing aspect of it. Walk around, see if anyone needs any help, say hi to your friends, um, kind of see all these different games, actually get a chance to look at some of these other armies, you know, which you don't do when you're sort of, you can get kind of myopic when you're just, you've got your five games and you've got to get these games played and you've got to get them played and on time and turn in your scores. And then you've got X amount of time before your next game and you want to quick grab something to eat and go to the bathroom. Um, I, I really enjoyed helping you run the tournament. I mean, I was, I was sad that I, I totally didn't even bring an army. Because I realized, I said, I'm never going to get in a pickup game. Nobody's going to want to play after playing all these games. Um, which is kind of true. Although it was kind of sad because I did, you know, there was some people who, you know, we only get to see like once a year and they, they probably, they might have, you know, we might have liked to have tried to get in a game. So maybe next year mm-hmm. I'll bring an army with me. Either way, something sure. small. But, uh, no, I, I really, it was a really, neat and quite a fun experience to to help you run this tournament um it was very rewarding i i it's this this year was probably one of my it's in the top two adepticons ever i think that i've that i've done you know that i've gone to um mine too (laughs) it's in the top two of your two times yes that's excellent um, I definitely, I mean, I will help next year if, if you need help because it was, it was, I don't know. I just, I felt like, uh, I don't know. I just, I felt like I had done a lot more this year than before just having played in it. I mean, and I get people want to play in it. Heck, I want to play in it, but uh, it was really cool. It was a little chilly over there. Um, yeah, um, 
And that that is in the works for being addressed. No, no, I get that. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not really complaining. I mean, let's face it, we're that that whole section, that whole area, they've got all those giant doors they could bring in trucks with materials and things like that. People had oh, to I go know. in and out to bring out the the trash. I mean, it's that back part of that vendor portion of the hall in the in the convention center. Um it did get chilly. I was glad. I called Harrison. Uh, I told him, grab my poncho because, boy, it was chilly. And that poncho was very nice and warm uh, Yeah, we got going. Um, but in that regard, that is being addressed for next year. I obviously cannot speak to specifics, but it right. is. Um, I'm going to speculate that you've got a room full of adorable little old ladies making afghans. Wow, I didn't even think of that one. I might have to go pop into the nursing homes around here. Right? Um, blankets for everyone. Like Adepticon the blanket. Adepticon the space balls <laughs> flamethrower. I keep telling them every year we need an Adepticon the flamethrower, but they keep turning me down. <laughs> I'm hoping at some point we'll get Adepticon the breakfast cereal. <laughs> We have Adepticon the doll, or the, not the doll, the, what do you call it? The coaster, which is pretty neat. We have Adepticon the room key, which is pretty legit if you stayed in the hotel. Yep. Half of them had the room keys with the Adepticon logo on it, which is awesome. You have Adepticon the flag, Adepticon the shot glass, Adepticon the pint glass, Adepticon the scotch glass. I'm just like, guys, what about like Adepticon the Snuggie? Yes. You know, that would be legit, I think. Or Adepticon the floor mat, if we're going to be playing on concrete. Um, oh, that was torturous. Yeah, that was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, it took, I, I it got took a like, lot of... Hmm? No, go ahead. Oh, I got a lot of kudos for wearing heels on that floor. I don't know how you did that. I couldn't do Very it. Very painfully. Yeah, you were all dressed up. I was just like, you do know this is like a jeans and t-shirt sort of event, right? You, I mean, you were, I mean, you were dressed very nice, but I was just like, what is she doing? It is my one real special occasion a year, so I go for it. There you go. There and you go. people are a lot less likely, they're a lot less likely to be creepy to you if you look nice. And it worked amazing this year. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. That's the problem. That's why everybody's always creepy with me, because I'm a slob. <laughs> no, people are creepy with you because it, they just can't help themselves. That's uh, what it is, Dave. I, I see. I'll get but, you a pair of sensible heels. You'll be all right. That's quite all right. No, 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 no. You I could got, definitely rock a wedge. So with, throw that out there. No, I have no <laughs> knees and bad ankles. It took me two days after Adepticon before my feet stopped hurting. Like it was too. I'm, like, I'm not saying for like a platform. I'm just talking like maybe like a one and a half inch. Oh, those big ass <laughs> platforms, those big ones, like with the fish tanks in the in the in the bottom of the shoe, <laughs> like like from uh, I'm gonna get you sucker or disco stew. Yeah, from Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Um, fish tank platforms. Of- yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Saturday night we had uh, another community meeting. Uh, with the U.S. community leaders and the most excellent and gracious Pete Foley uh, from GW. Um, God bless Pete Foley and all that cat herding he had to do that day because we 
At least I was silly at that point. Yes, yes. Um, and it didn't help that we had provided alcohol with very little food. Um, so we're obviously going to work on remedying that. But uh, no, I know you weren't in the meeting last year, um, but I was. And the attitude was so different between last year and this year. It was so positive, upbeat. Um, things are taking off. Events are coming up. Things are growing. And it was just a very refreshing change of pace from last year's meeting where yeah. it was not so much. Well, and I think this year, and I wasn't at last year's meeting, but I got the lowdown on it because I was invited and couldn't go. So I got like the meeting minutes and stuff, all, all that stuff. It seemed like last year nobody really knew. Like there was a lot of like you, there was a lot of trying to figure out what exactly it was you were even trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, what you know, what do you guys want to do? Well, what can you do? Well, what can you do for us? Well, what can you do for us to help us do for you? Well, what can you do for us to help us do for you to help you do for us? Like, nobody wanted to. At, at first, it was it, you know nobody. It, it was everyone was kind of feeling each other out. It felt like you know, or it seemed like from what I read from the notes. Um, and there was some very, very. There was a wide difference of opinions as to what should be happening. Um, excuse me, this cough is going to kill me. Um, this year, you had one year's worth of work and focus going in. So now you came in and there was there was a, definitely a starting off point. Hey, here's what we've done. Here's where we're at. Where do we think we should go? So I think that the, the, there was a, a much more uh, of a focus this year that you lacked that first year. So the meeting was pretty smooth. Now, I don't think everyone either was even still there this year because not everyone was. I mean, I, I, am I correct? I wasn't, it wasn't even the yeah. exact same group of people. I mean, the, the core constituents were there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hats off to, uh, oh, God, what am I? What, uh, uh, Chuck Moore for just, you know, with the meet, constantly sending meeting minutes and keeping all the group stuff together, and but no, it was it was a good meeting. It was a really good. It was a really good meeting. Um, lots of stuff. Now I, I ain't gonna lie. I, that last half hour of it, I was completely out of it. I was just we born. know. Hey, I, I did what I could. It was warm. I was comfortable. I had about a half a dozen uh, stouts in me, uh, which was uh, probably a half a dozen more than I've had the whole maybe last eight months. So yeah, I was done. No, no. And it was a late night. We were all tired. Um, it was like right near the end of it. I was like, guys, get out of my room. <laughs> um, but in any event, uh, so we had that and, um, Chuck, I think is running the AOS events at Nova this year. Um, super cool guy. Um, really wish I could have spent more time with him. Uh, but really, really hoping that, Things go super well for Nova. Um, they've got a good reputation to live up to, and I have no doubt that Chuck will exceed it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's um, on the ball. And he's got very good yeah. hair. He does. It's amazing. I mean, it's like complete, you know, you could use he's got like so TV's many Taylor team, Swift memes and gifts. Hair. Exactly. He does. You could use so many Taylor Swift gifts for him. Uh huh. Absolutely. Um, in any event. So. Um, and then Sunday we had uh, the last day of the championship, and during lunch we displayed the top 
ten percent, like top twenty ish, uh, best pink, best top four. There was a humor up there. It's like top fourteen, sixteen, uh, best appearance armies, like the top cut, right? Of who we had there, and um, that was one of the worst decisions that we've ever had to make was to get it down to that many people and then to decide who had the best appearance out of all of those. Um, Cause I'm walking around looking at each one of those and it's like, I could find a case to say why this is the best one and why this should win. Um, and that was a very tough decision realistically. And at the end of it, we left it feeling like we need to do more to recognize all the hard work that goes into these models, that goes into these armies, that goes into these displays. So um, we decided before we'd even left the con that next year we were going to add another award category um, for either a best display, coolest army, player's choice, um, something else to recognize the extra work that people put into armies and displays, not just best painted. So it's going to be two separate categories next year. We'll have a best painted, which is just simply technical skill um, with no display taken into consideration. Um, and then the other one will incorporate all aspects. So we definitely want to make sure that we're doing more to recognize the exceptional work that people put into this. Because a lot of people do put a lot of hours, a lot of their time, a lot of their energy, a lot of their focus into these armies. And, I mean, we can't have everybody win, which is unfortunate. Because <laughs> everyone that was up there, you could make a case for why they deserve to win. And that was really hard. And there was a lot of beautiful armies that didn't get an award. Yeah. And definitely deserved to. So, in any event, we are already moving on that. And even from last year, we added second and third best appearance to give out even more stuff. So now next year we're moving forward and we're going to do that more to recognize all the excellent hobbyists that we have in this community. So we're already moving forward on that. Um, Can I just, Oh, you know, I wanted to bring something else up with this. You know, I listened to face hammer um, and you know, they get on there and they're talking to each other and they're all like, yeah, they're pretty good at painting or that looks pretty good. You hear these phrases, that looks pretty good, this is pretty good, that's pretty good. And then they come here and you see the army in person and you're like, oh, th- that's pretty good? Like, yeah, those guys can all paint. Yeah, all four of them were up there and then Terry ended up taking it. But you had Les's Storm Stormcast, which are absolutely gorgeous. And I hate turquoise. I love that army. And then you get Russ's army up there with his Nurgly bits, the extra freehand, the conversions that he put into it. Terry's was just outstanding in overall appearance, cohesiveness, the extras that he put into the base with the worms and tentacles and everything. And, and I then, even said to him, I said, you got all this Nurgle, but it's clean. Like, yeah, I mean, it's gross very, and it's filthy, but it was clean. He's like, I don't like dark armies. I don't like covering them up in mud and stuff like that. Like... It's a weird way to describe Nurgle, but it was a very clean Nurgle. It was just so well painted. It was so good. Yeah. And then Byron's uh, Order Army was up there. And just the quality of the freehand, the use of color and light. It, like, it was 
I could not have asked for a better top group of players to have nominated in that category. And that was a really awful decision to have to make. Yeah. So, but as stated, we're going to add more awards next year to acknowledge the hobbyists that do put that extra effort into it. Cause not everybody can bring a display over. Realistically, a lot of people cannot manage a display board on a plane. I mean, Martin Orlando is an exceptional guy for him to design his display boards to specifically fit in a suitcase. Yes. Uh, same with uh, Kelly Freiborg. So, I mean, like there are people that can do it, but not everybody does. So I want to make sure that going forward, we are doing more to recognize the outstanding hobbyists. And that's why we're adding this. Yeah. And, yeah uh, and, I, go ahead. Oh, uh, our, our display was something that I, I think looked okay and was definitely put together very quickly in the week leading up to the tournament, but it was just barely able to be removed from our house. Mm. So I can't imagine what has to go into moving some of those huge ones. Cause yeah. I was like, I smacked that thing into a doorknob on the way out the house. <laughs> well, and this year now you got guys who not only have the little carts, but they got the carts with the, where they actually built the display board into the top of the cart because it's got the little raised raised sides, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they just build it right into their cart. And I was just like, oh, dear goodness. Like, they just, you know, pack that whole cart up into their van or whatever and head out. But it was it was crazy what some people were doing. Yeah. So uh, we've already got that in the works for next year. Um, and then we are going to revamp our paint sheet. Um, and I... This was a mistake on my end. I thought that the paint sheet was on the website um, when we posted all of our rules. I thought it was up there. Turns out it was not. So that's on us. Um, there were some people saying, oh, I didn't know we needed a display board. I didn't know it was part of the criteria. It's like, it should have been on the website. And I checked, and it wasn't. Uh, so that's Whoops. on us. That will be corrected for next year. Uh, and then we will be revamping it to include a few other things. Um Specifically having a name placard to go with your army uh, to make sure that everyone gets scored appropriately. Um, We're going to be looking at revamping our sports scores. Um, It's not a perfect system, but uh, it's something that we need to work on refining and tuning um, and reevaluating all of that. Um, But as far as like the battle plans we picked for the championship, we got nothing but good feedback on it. Um, It was mostly General's Handbook. Um, I don't want to like try to reinvent the wheel. We did make some small changes to some of the battle plans, uh, like the scorched earth. Uh, the markers were nine inches up from the long table edges instead of 12 inches up. Um, so we had some small tweaks and that was completely Brad Schwant. Um, you get good advice from good people that you trust. You take it. Right. So, Brad was very instrumental in picking out the scenarios or the battle plans that we had played. Um, so kudos to Brad for that. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think it went pretty well. Um, and I can only hope that next year we get bigger and keep running it better. Um, I mean, next year will be year nine for me and Carrie. Um, I don't know why we keep doing it. Um, (laughs) With the exception of seeing everybody and getting everybody together. 
and continuing to support and grow this community. That's why we do it. Um, and cause you love it. You know, you love it. You know, you love it. It's, it's, it's hard work and it's terrible all leading up to it. It's just, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then when it's over, you're like, wow, that was, that was pretty amazing. And next year you're going to have 300 players wanting to sign up. So, <laughs> so you best get on that terrain now, boy. I'm not saying that our plan is to update and replace all the train we have in the next three years, but that's the plan. Uh, so sounds good. Yeah, it's gonna okay. be a riot. So can I just tell my stupid, embarrassing story since we're doing all this stuff? You um, have a stupid, embarrassing story. I always have a stupid, yeah, embarrassing it. story. It's me. Um, it was okay. It was nice. Heather showed up. My wife showed up at Adepticon. Center. She is friends with Martin Orlando's mom. Okay, um, they know each other from from Twilight conventions. Okay. Um, yes, they're into that thing. Uh, and that's how they met on the Twilight Moms forum. Um, and they've been to conventions together. So this is the first time she's over this way. So Heather comes down, they're hanging out, they're talking. And then she's like, I got a few hours before I got to meet up with Harrison. So I'll hang out. And I was like, oh, cool. And she'd never seen like a gaming, con- like Gen Con is different, right? Cause Gen Con is everything. And it's, I mean, the vendors hall at Gen Con is at least twice the size of the entire hall we were in. The 40K, AOS, Star Wars, and the vendors hall. All of that together is less, that, that, that whole hall is less than half the size of the vendors hall at Gen Con. And that's just the vendors hall, right? They've got stuff spread out. It was like into four different uh, hotels. And actually, the Colts Stadium, they were using part of that, I believe. Because it's right by the Colts, uh, where the Colts play football. And they had that stadium open for gaming, too. It's ridiculous, right? But now she got to see, like, just people gaming. You know, like, just, and the size of it, and the scope. And she was kind of shocked. And then people kept coming up and talking to me when they'd come and turn in their sheets and talk about the show. And she was just like, it was funny. She was texting her friends, like, people keep coming up to David and saying how much they like him. And I'm like, this is David. You know? (laughs) (laughs) But so that's not my embarrassing story. That was my fun story. My embarrassing story was, so get this. So uh, Friday, team tournaments happening, right? Everyone's playing their games. And I, you know, I'd met some of the guys and I was talking to the face hammer guys. And um, I must say, uh, you know, you, you you know, you know, you you never know what a person's like till you actually meet them in person. Um, And I was talking with, uh, with Les, with Les Martin. And it was so funny because uh, I was sitting over by the the table, you know, the the where you guys had all your stuff set up, you know. And he comes over, and we were just chit chatting. And you know, I find out he listens to the show, um, and obviously I listen to them. So we were just talking about things, and he's telling me about the you know when he, when he was putting this, his army together. And I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of tired, and I wasn't zoning out on what he was saying. Like I was actually interested in what he was saying. And all of a sudden, I catch this little glint, this this like flash, and I look down, and he's sitting there, and his idea is just sort of swinging right there, like it's at the end of the little lanyard, and it's swinging, and as it's turning, it keeps catching the light at this one way, and it just keeps like like spark sparkling, like sparking, like and it's right in my eye, right, and I'm I'm like that's so weird, and I'm like what is that? And I'm looking to see, and I, I'm just sort of 
watching this ID swinging back and forth as he's talking to me. And all of a sudden, he stops talking to me and grabs the ID and snatches it up. And I realize it's swinging like between his legs. So as he's sitting there talking to me, I look up at him and I realize he thinks I'm staring at his junk. Like, and I don't want to say, I wasn't staring at your junk, because that's like the complete like dead giveaway when you deny something before someone even accuses you of it. So I was just like, oh my God, I'm sorry. He's like, is everything, I'm like, just the way you're, I, I was so embarrassed. And he, he laughed. I was like, dude, I'm sorry. It was just the way it was swinging, and it just looked like it was floating there because the metal part on his lanyard was all black, and it was just hitting the shell. Like, everything, I don't know why I was staring at it so much when I was talking to him, but I just did. And uh, I was mortified. Like, I didn't even mention it. I didn't say anything about it when he picked it up. Like, it was like the next day. I, like, just said, I was like, oh, my God, that was so embarrassing. And he was laughing. He's like, nah, don't worry about it. But He is a studly guy. We'll just call a spade a spade here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose lots of people stare at his junk, but I was just embarrassed as all get out about that. It was so – I was just like, really? you uh, Like, w- w- me? It, it, that's, that junk, that nonsense only happens to me. Really? <laughs> I was just so uh-huh. embarrassed. Um, oh, and then when Russ came up and uh, turned in his army list, I'm like, this is an actual Russ Veal army list. This is a Russ Veal written army list. So I made him sign it, and, and he's like, to my biggest fan, and gives it to me. So then I kept it and didn't realize you guys had to mark him off on the list. So then I had to go make him give me another one. Because I'm like, I'm not giving yeah. him that one. That one's signed. I'm like, and I said to him, because he's like, really? And he starts digging through it and looking at me. I'm like, no, if you don't want to look for it, I'll give him that one. I'll, it'll just break my heart to have to give up my Russ Veal autograph. And he's like, shut up and take this one. But uh, it was it was kind of fun joking around with all those guys, um, you know. And once again, you know, you, you you listen to people on the show and you hear what they're like on the show. Um, and we're all a little different in real life, obviously, than our than our on air personas. Uh, they they were just all top notch guys. Everyone was so much fun to talk to, so interesting to talk to. And the, I think the most pleasant surprise of my weekend, other than getting along really well with Les and trying not to fanboy out on on his on his on on you know his painting and on his on on his te- uh, all the stuff they do on the show, was uh, getting to meet Jimpo and Mitzi for you know because I know them from the narrative event organizers groups I'm in. Um, just talk about two guys. I don't remember seeing them at any point in the weekend without huge smiles on their faces. Just. Two of the most friendly, outgoing, just huge personalities on those two guys. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, And then, like, Brian the Hobby Killer. Oh, my um, God, yeah. You would think with a name like Brian the Hobby Killer that this guy would be probably the biggest son of a bun that you've ever met. (laughs) Um, He's absolutely delightful. Yes, he um, is. I, I, we're going to ruin his reputation there. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're all great guys. Um, every last one of them. So and, I mean, and it's so funny here we are talking about, and you know, Dan and Wayne are there too. And but we've actually met them a couple of times now, so it's like almost old hat seeing our friends from England that we see once every year or two. Um, but no, everybody who came, it was so nice to meet them. It was so much fun to to uh, to talk to them to see you know. To see these armies that we only hear about, mm-hmm. um, 
I mean, I saw Terry's because he did he did some of the videos on his like Great Unclean one and stuff like that, his YouTube videos. Um, but just watching, seeing all that stuff together and meeting those guys, it was really fun. Outside of the whole embarrassing moment I had, it was just fun all over. Yeah. So. I had to get through my embarrassing moment story. And then I felt bad because, uh, you know, Woody, the dude from Ireland who played in a lot of the, uh, the you know, the team, the the European, the ETC and stuff like that. Um, he was there um, and he came by Saturday night and we had a couple of a couple of drinks and we're talking and I was supposed to meet up with them on Sunday. Um, and I figured I, I could probably, you know, break away for a little bit. And then we just got busy. Like, you know, we lost Elric because we had dropouts, so he had to play ringer. Which, by the way, you know, uh, another, you know, uh, I want to give some, some credit where credit is due. Elric, uh, you know, from uh, Rolling Bad podcast, he's the, the grumpy old man on the podcast. Um, he's great. Uh, he's another he guy who's a lot, uh, he's, you know... Doesn't quite match that cranky old man persona. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. He was so pleasant to to hang out with and and you know do stuff for the weekend. But like, you know, the ringer was playing against Brandon on Sunday morning, which was like that. You know, my former student, and you know, I'm one of the only people he ever plays. So Elric stepped up and played ringer. You know, uh, Saturday he ran the Young Bloods. Event. I was just about to say uh, we did have a Young Bloods event for the first time. For we didn't even have one in seventh or eighth edition. It was just for Age of Sigmar that we've now added, and we had uh, six uh, brave young men come out and play. Um, and Elric stepped right up and ran that tournament for us. Uh, so big thanks to him for willing to do that. Yeah, no kidding. Because um, uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I would. I, that might not have. I, no, I shouldn't. I should not have been the guy running that. I'm so glad that he said he would do it. Yeah. So, in any event, uh, big kudos to Elric, and then obviously we do want that to grow as well next year. And we had six got or six young men, and uh, we had they were varying ages from like twelve to fourteen, and I think we had a couple that were younger than that. Um hauling around armies and just being proper good sports about it. So Kira heard about that. And now she's talking. She wants to get her ogres done. And if she can get, if she, you know, now she'll paint the army up real nice. My daughter, I love her to death, but boy, she does not focus. And that's the one thing that I told her. I said, you got to learn to focus and learn your phases and make sure you got mm-hmm. use all your steps. Cause she forgets a lot of things, but she's like, I've got a year. I got a year to get good. I'm like, get good, son. So, daughter. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the generic son, the royal we, you know. <laughs> sure. But, um, okay, yeah. I knew what you meant. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Alex knew what I meant, too. He just wants to put me on a hot seat. Not- oh, I know. That's what he's here for. Hot seat. job. All right. So, honestly... I think all in all, this was a great Adepticon. Um, it, was, it was bigger. There was just so much more happening. It seems like the events got larger, and the... Um, I mean, they just needed more space because the events were larger. Um, 
there were so many cool games going on, not to mention all those Star Wars Legion demos. And then I got mad they had uh, cards for Star Wars Legion, like, you know, alternate art cards there. And mm. I grabbed a pair, and by the time I got them home, and somebody had gotten into my bag. One of the kids here was moving stuff around, and they got mangled. Mm. Um, but Star Wars Legion, man, that's pretty cool stuff. I was pretty impressed. Um, I don't know. It's just all sorts of cool stuff going on there. Chris Yu um, was there playing Infinity, and his son was there playing um, Youngblood's 40K. And yeah, he did. Was it? Did he get best painted or best sports? His son won. I think he got sports. Yeah, I think his son got best sports. Uh, he also got. Uh, um, what do you call it? He got best uh, painted. I think for his infinity tournament as well. Mm-hmm. Chris, you did so. Uh, that was I was I was excited for him. On a sad note, this made me really sad. Um, you know. Last year, he sold off his high elf army, his award-winning high elf army, and got a bunch of 40K stuff for him and his sons. And a few months ago, I had loaned him all the uh, all the green skin stuff we had, all the books, you know, the destruction book, the the two the two army, uh, the two battle tomes, all that stuff. Uh, he sold his orcs and goblins army at the at that. I don't know the name of the, the stand. You know the giant stand with all the bits. That's in the the uh, Toledo War Room. Yeah, the Toledo War Room. Um, he got up. He got a, he got a good price for it, and uh, and uh, turned around and, and bought apparently a ton more 40k stuff for him and his boys. Um, but that made me sad because he literally has no more fantasy anything now. Mm. So. And he, so he's all he's all in on the sci-fi, loving Infinity, playing 40K with his sons. I mean, he's still playing games. I mean, we, we can still play 40K together. But I just kind of always held out hope that he'd come come back to playing some of these, playing AOS with us. And uh, that that was maybe a little sad. But you know, hey, good yeah. for him. You know, he got a, he got he, he did what a lot of us can't do. He finally said, you know what, I'm not using this. I'm going to get what I can for it and. And continue doing my other thing. So, right, yeah, and I know there was a lot of people that I had heard that have not been on the scene for a long time. Oh yeah, uh, since the switch, that have said, "Okay, we're coming back." Um, so that's particularly exciting to to try to bring her back to a high note. So yeah. Anyway, all right. I think that's it. Is that it? Oh, oh! Can I mention my the highlight of no. my entire Adepticon? No, no. Okay, yeah, I guess you can. I mean, heck, you're an executive producer. That's the whole point is that you get to come on and do what you want. So, go ahead. Just one one line. Uh, <laughs> I got to that Saturday night after day one of tournament. For some reason, I had decided to do a late night class. Oh, is that one of those 10 to midnight jobbers? 10.30 to midnight. Oh, you're insane. Go ahead. Oh, gosh. And we went to Portillo's first, so I had that big chocolate cake shake. Oh, you didn't. You No, I you did. filled your belly and then went to sit in a late night paint class. But first, I got to shake the hand of Duncan. Ah. Oh. 
And I have a picture of Duncan holding a box of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I asked him if I could fangirl out. And he said, sure, and shook my hand. And I was like, that's awesome that you shook my hand, but can I really get this picture of you with the donuts? <laughs> Dunkin's Donuts, great. And that was my my highlight right there. Okay. And ta- the, go ahead. the class was amazing. Yeah. What, did, what was the class? Uh, green stuff with Joe Orteza, Lose the Fear. Oh. It's freaking incredible. Yeah, Joe's... Joe is good. That's one of the quality classes. That's someone who can who can who can do it and can teach it. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Duncan for a minute being a machine? <laughs> that guy taught like I think fourteen classes this that weekend. Um, he was doing. They were either hour and a half or two hour classes with half hour breaks in between, so that he could have a minute to sit down. Oh, God. But he literally had just a room where there was a sign. I mean, it was one of the signs, and there was Duncan's picture on the sign with the list of the classes he was doing that day, and he had, like, his own little dedicated, this is Duncan's room where he's teaching all his classes. <laughs> and, God, I mean, that guy, talk about, you know, being at the right place at the right time sometimes helps. Because if you listen to Duncan's story about how he got onto the videos, um, and I'm certain he's being humble, but... You know, he's like, I was just happened to be there. And they're like, hey, let's do a video. Um, and now he's just like, but all oh, those paintings, that's got to be exhausting. I mean, just literally class, half hour break, class, half hour break. And he did like four a day for three or four days. It was just, it was bananas. Mm-hmm. It does make me feel a little bit like this is the cage where we keep Duncan. You can come see him here. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But he's, yeah, no, that's incredible to be able to, I can't keep going like that. I took naps at the convention. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I used to stay up all night at the conventions when I first started going seven, eight years ago when I was still in my 30s. And even then I was like hurt a little bit in the morning. Now I'm just like, you know what, it's 1130. I'm thinking I might just go to sleep, get a good six, seven hours in before I got to get up because I can't do that hanging out and drinking until three in the morning stuff, four in the morning, and then be up at 6.30, grab a shower, and get downstairs. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, Saturday morning after after the little get-together for Carrie Ann, I got to sleep around 230 and woke up around five thirty. So that was that was a rough day. Yeah, I was I was laughing with you, not at you that whole time. I just want you to know uh-huh. that was with you. I was laughing with you. Oh no, I was loving it. It was worth it <laughs> every minute. All right, you know what? Um, I think we're going to wrap this up. We're hitting our we're hitting our hard limit here. We're at we're we're actually going we're going to be over two hours at this point. So. Uh, and I think we've pretty much hit everything. Is there anything anyone else wants to add before we go and wrap this up? Oh, um, I don't know how much it got talked about with anybody else, but I would like for people to know that they're sending out a survey for the hobby seminars. And I feel like that's cool, and I had no idea about it if I just hadn't talked to the right person. Oh, okay. There you go. Keep an eye out for the survey if you were there. 
All right, so I think that's it. All right, so folks, thank you for listening to our Adepticon wrap-up and our just sitting around and, and singing the praises of how much fun we had. And if you couldn't be there, we feel bad for you. Um, hopefully you can make it next year. And if you were there and had a great time, um, that's awesome. If uh, I can't see you going there and not having a good time. It was just too much fun, too much cool stuff going on all over the place. Um, oh, and the VIG bag, they got Star Trek Ascendancy. Listen, if you got a copy of Star Trek Ascendancy in your VIG bag, you need to play that game. Uh, and I only mention it because later this afternoon, uh, a certain Mr. Barnett is coming over to my house. Uh, not only are we going to play again, but I think we're recording Garage Gamer uh, number two. And it's all Star Trek Ascendancy because that game is awesome. I'm just throwing it out there. I could not believe the one year I didn't get a VIG badge and because I, I ran out of time. And I finally stopped feeling bad about it. I'm like, yeah, I always get stuff. And last year I got Rune Wars. And that's still sitting in a box. Too much of this stuff just sits in a box. I don't need all that VIG stuff. And then I show up and I see what they're giving away. And by the way... Um, yeah, so Misty, uh, thanks for selling me your copy because that was a because <laughs> no problem. Barnett owns his, and Harrison's been bugging me forever. It was like, Dad, we just we need to buy this ourselves. We need to own this game so Uncle Chris doesn't have to keep lugging it over here. And uh, when I told him that I I got one, he was just over the moon because that game is so good. But that's it. So, hey, Misty, thank you for coming on, and thank you for being one of our longtime executive producers on the show. You are actually the number one, as you as you like to let us know, because you saw what everyone else was donating, and you upped yours by a dollar to be number one, no. which was... No, that's, that's not fair. I upped mine by a dollar to make sure that you hit your goal. Oh, was that what that was for? Yeah, I thought it would be kind of a douchebag move to leave you two dollars short a month of your goal. Oh, I no, that's no. I thought. See, you know, that's yeah, surely got that wrong because I thought I, we were joking around. She's like, "Not nope, she wants to be the number one." I mean, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. I'm still happy with that too. No, it's it, you guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. You guys are so generous, and thank you. And not only thank you, but thank you to all. Our uh, our Patreon sponsors. In fact, if we're wrapping up here, I just want to remind people, you know, check out the Patreon page. And we do want to thank our newest Patreon patrons, uh, Steve LaChapelle, Daniel Wade, and Stefan. One more time, thank you all to you guys who are now part of the amazing 1% that keep this show doing everything it can. Um, lots coming up, folks. Lots coming up. Uh, Garage Gamer. Uh, Christopher and I are recording, as I mentioned. Uh, we finished the next episode of After Olinor. It's just sitting waiting to be edited because I've been too busy uh, with the with Adepticon. And then I was going to do it this week when I came back, but I got my daughter made me sick, and I've been not able to do much of anything um, other than uh, basically sit, relax, and sleep. I have not been able to go do anything. It's been sad. But uh, check that out. Uh, after Eleanor is on the Free Buddhas Network, lots of great shows, and the only place where you can hear our new episodes of After Eleanor. So, and then what else? Um, wow, what do we got coming up, Alex? I think hopefully the um, Deepkin book is going to come out, and we will at least yeah. cover the lore on that. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. Um, then we've got a bunch of events coming up. Bruce City at the end of April. Uh-huh. I'll be there. South Coast is in May. I'll be there. Um, we got the Bug Eater GT coming up in Omaha the first weekend of June. 
Uh, if you've not signed up for that, I strongly suggest you do. NashCon down in Nashville it is that same weekend. So it's June 2nd, 3rd, 4th, I believe. Um, so we got a lot of events coming up. And it's just going to keep going. Keeping us busy. Yeah. I mean, heck, we didn't even cover Daughters of Cain yet. But that's going to wind up getting backburnered, you know? But we'll get to it when we've got a chance to do it right. And so... Uh, it is. It is definitely time to call this quits because my uh, my cold medicine is definitely wearing off. I'm having more and more trouble breathing. So, time to stop talking and start hacking up a lung. So, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show. Maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.